everybody kind of searching for what they really want to do and where they really feel valued. And if we're not investing in learning and development and, and both professional, but also personal, then I think we risk losing employees across the board. So I think that, you know, now is the time more than ever where we really need to be investing in our people. Welcome to episode 60 of Chaos and Rocket Fuel, the Future of Work podcast. I'm Doug Folks, and I'm with my co-host, Claire Haydar, the CEO of Wonder and Pattern. Claire, this is the second time that we're talking to Gabriella Hersham. She's from Huckletree. She's the co-founder and CEO. They're a co-working um, company. What are we talking about today? So, Doug, in this part of the conversation, we are diving into how commercial real estate has completely been changed by the pandemic and what were the needs that companies had prior to the pandemic and how have those shifted, you know, because of how work has just completely changed. Individuals work differently to the way they did before. And so, you know, talking to somebody who's genuinely on the inside, who's on the inside of receiving the requests of how offices need to change, we took a deep dive into that and Gabby laid out that landscape for us. She also spoke about a particular initiative that, that they run at Huckletree. What's that about? In preparation for this, this call with her, you and I agreed that we really wanted to dive into the Hundreds Club. And that's actually something that Huckletree as a co-working company as a whole run as an initiative. It's a digital initiative. And the, the whole... I'm going to stop you there. Let's, uh, let's hear Gabby explain exactly what the Hundreds Club is all about. Got it, Doug. I'll zip it. Over to Gabby. <laughs> so, Gabby, this next section, I personally feel that this is one of Huckle Tree's biggest competitive advantages. And I think it's one of the really, honestly, one of the defining characteristics of you guys. Tell us about the Hundreds Club. And I, I know we've got a lot of questions, but let's start there. What's the Hundreds Club? Why did you start it? So we have an educational arm to the business, just as a brief kind of overview. And we have three educational products under that arm of the business. The first is, is an accelerator program for underrepresented founders. The second is a future founder kind of bootcamp academy. And then the third is uh, the Hundreds Club. And so the first two are very focused on founders. And that's great. We always want to support entrepreneurship. We want to teach people what it took us five years to learn in a few weeks. We want to support diverse within the ecosystem, etc. But also what we realized was that, hey, we're not actually doing anything for the employees within the businesses. And maybe there's something that we can do to bring them together and to really support them in their careers. And this also came from lockdown because obviously through lockdown, we couldn't have our communities in one physical place anymore. So we gravitated to online groups a lot. And we really thought through, you know, what can we put on to bring people together in, in a structured way that brings value? And so, so we landed on this thought of, okay, we're not doing anything to support the non-founders within our community. How can we group them together and put them on tracks that can really support them? And so the Hundreds Club is a program that we run once a quarter for 25 people each quarter. So 100 people over the year, which is where the name came from. And each track is focused on a specific domain. So we've done people in culture was our last one. We've done sales and commercial. We've done marketing. Our next one upcoming is, is a digital product. And then we'll be doing impact and we'll be doing kind of PR and social media, uh, marketing, et cetera. And 
it brings together 25 people within each of those domains. So for our uh, digital product one, we'll have 25 product managers or people within the product fields from entry level to junior managers. So a very specific experience range. And it gives them eight weeks of, well, first of all, a peer group that they get to know. Second of all, mentoring. So each track has two mentors that are really successful in that field that kind of come together to support them. And then the third is workshops where they can actually go back and take something back to their businesses at the end. And what we're seeing is that a lot of the businesses are kind of using it as the professional development for those individuals and kind of saying, you know, I have these people that are in these uh, areas and I don't know how to support them and kind of offsetting that to us which we love, but also then it enables them to to really kind of upskill and then to take that knowledge back to their businesses. So that's the Hundreds Club and we love it. It's worked really, really well. You know, sometimes with a product, and this has definitely happened with us, with one of our three products, which is actually the Future Founder Academy, where we haven't quite landed on it. We know there's something there. You know, we know that there's a demand for it, but we haven't quite landed on the exact formula. But with the Hundreds Club, it just worked from the first one. So, and I think that just speaks to the fact that there aren't that many things out there. You know, there are lots of short courses you can do, but if you want to kind of upskill within your specific domain and you want a peer group around you, there's not that much. So, so it's, it's, it's working. Is this something specifically for your members? Is it something that came out of, grew out of what people were asking for, or was it like your own idea that you've cultivated and you thought they'll love this? It actually was our own idea. Normally we kind of, you know, test things. We asked a few people a couple of questions and we got really good feedback. And I think from there we actually had enough meat to say, let's try this. We think that we're onto something. It started off just being for our members and it was a kind of pro bono product that we included in membership. And it was first come, first serve. And then during lockdown, we really rethought a lot of the things that we were included in in our membership because we were always offering our kind of business support services and our passion for everyone's businesses, you know, for the passion of helping them and and not, not ever charging for it. And that was very kind of us, I think. But actually, I think that if you attribute a value to something, then everybody else perceives that value to be there as well. So we decided to kind of step out of the comfort zone of including it in membership because, hey, it will help us with sales and retention and actually say, no, there's a lot of thought and time that's going into this. We're going to charge for it. And it's not just for our members. They'll get a special price, but it's now for everybody. Gabby, you know, you guys invited me to be one of the mentors on the people and culture track. And honestly, I, I, I think it's a genius idea. And the reason why I think it's a genius idea is because as a founder, I know how critical it is to be upskilling that younger generation, if you will. And by generation, I don't mean age. It's literally whoever is in that career path to kind of like grow into a new area. It's as a startup, it's really, really hard to allocate resources to that. You know, it's critical. You know, you need to do it, but there's so many competing resources. And ultimately a startup will always default to customer resources and sales resources. You know what I mean? Because that's the lifeblood of the business. And so those type of what I would call the margin resources do get deprioritized. That's just the reality of startup. You know what I mean? And yet it's such a critical area of the business, you know, and I can just, from my perspective, if you guys had a huckle tree in Dallas where we are, we would definitely be putting our people through that because it's such a critical thing. 
Well, also, first of all, it's all online, so anyone can join yeah, exactly. anywhere. It's digital. Yes. As long as the time zones work out. We had somebody yeah. that we were speaking to for one of our programs from Australia, and we just couldn't make it work with the time zones. But but largely, a lot of people around the world can join. Yeah, I'm glad that you agree that it's useful. And I think also that now, you know, obviously kind of people handing in their notice left, right and center and, and everybody kind of searching for what they really want to do and where they really feel valued. And if we're not investing in learning and development and, and both professional, but also personal, then I think we risk losing employees across the board. So I think that, you know, now is the time more than ever where we really need to be investing in our people. So given the success of it and given the fact that you yourselves have just seen that it works because there's such a big need for it, do you see yourself scaling up in any way? It's a good question. I think that there is a lot of scaling up that we need to do within our innovation products in general. You know, we have a dedicated team, but they're not a huge team. And it's very much kind of relationship based. And we haven't scaled it yet. I think that we definitely should. There are lots of things that we can scale equally. I think the beauty of some of these programs, so Alpha Accelerator Program is only open to kind of five startups each cohort, and we only do one cohort a year, hundreds, obviously 25 people per cohort. I think that a beauty of it is in that intimacy and in the small groups, especially if it's about making peer groups and building those connections and whatnot. But that doesn't kind of mitigate the fact that we could definitely scale it. But I think we would want to focus on making sure that, you know, each group is small. You're not going to do like a hundreds track for a hundred people in one go. It's too much. And you don't really get the value of, of meeting the people around you and, and the focus that the mentors and the, and the workshop leaders can, can bring. So I think it's, it's always a delicate balance. Do you think there's extra value though, if you're doing it more in person or at least then people might be meeting online, but if people are from the same area, that bond maybe would grow more than, for example, you say if you had someone from Australia calling in once a week, I mean, surely they'd feel not intentionally left out, but it would be a Yeah, it's just, it's a balance. It's hard because yes, you're right, they would, but then we'd love to, you know, if we wanted to scale it, we probably need to keep it digital in some way. It's all a balance. I think we could probably run, you know, many more simultaneous cohorts of a couple of these programs than what we're doing at the moment. And maybe most are digital and some have a physical element to them. There's definitely a way of doing it, but I don't think that either option is complete, if that makes sense. I think you know, everything is a give or take. So, but people are dying to, to get back and see each other. I think we all know that. So if I just look at that cohort that I was part of, you know, that one session that you guys brought me in for there, I think there is value in the digital component because that group of 25 people can essentially form like a little Slack channel for themselves. And just like as they're going into this new HR role, you know, these people roles that they, they're finding their feet in, just to be able to send a message to that peer group in a digital format and just say, hey, I'm struggling with this today. You know what I mean? And so I think there's value to the in-person piece, as you say, Gabby, but there is also a lot of value to the, the digital component. And, and even like not even thinking about time zones, but Huckletree operates, we have workspaces in London, Manchester and Dublin. So even, you know, if we wanted to bring people in from like those markets, it's impossible to do that physically, like it has to be online. So what COVID was great at was making us really think, okay, you know, we did so much in person at our locations, built up each location's community. But actually now, like what's lasting is the migration to digital across our community is still there. And in each of our hubs, we'll have 
members breakfast and members drinks and really fun kind of learning activities or you know fun engaging activities that our members can do together but I think the wider learning opportunities like we feel that there's more value in doing those digitally and maybe opening them up to non-members as well. And that is what we've got for you today. If you missed the first part of our conversation with Gabby, check it out on Spotify, Google or Apple Podcasts, or on the Wanda website, wndyr.com. We'll conclude our conversation by looking at the office space of the future shortly. From Claire and myself, we'll see you soon. <laughs>